Welcome to the ODUBlitz.com football show presented by our sponsors, Lions Bridge Financial Advisors, investing and planning for clients throughout Hampton Roads. I'm Ed Miller, the ODU beat writer for the Virginian Pilot, and I'm here with columnist and reporter Harry Minium. Harry, we'll just kick it off to you. Uh, we got so much to talk about this week from the uh, beatdown UNC delivered to Old Dominion. It was, it was pretty ugly. To ODU's new quarterback, to injuries, to the big game this week with Virginia Tech. But first, there's a little news about Zach Paschal that you broke this morning. Tell us what's Yeah, up yeah, I, uh, I got a little tip that Zach had been activated to the uh, roster of the Tennessee Titans. He's on the practice squad. He was in the practice squad. He'll be activated to the uh, game day roster. They play Seattle. So I'd keep a, uh, a watch to see if Zach gets in the game. Uh, generally in the NFL, there's not a lot of spare parts. Uh, almost everyone who, who dresses plays, so it's a good chance he could play. He'd be the first monarch to get into a uh, regular season NFL game as a position player other than, of course, long snapper uh, Rick Lovato. Yes, uh, and that would be quite a milestone for ODU. Taylor Heineke's been on an NFL roster for a couple of years but hadn't played and now is a free agent. Right. Back to Carolina. Let's look back for a minute. Harry, you were there in that comfortable press box. Uh, <laughs> and what, <laughs> what is it? Crowded? A little crowded, but Oh, you did a great job accommodating everyone, uh, to be serious. Uh, Wi-Fi, wireless, which is all uh, sports writers really care about, was flawless. So props, kudos to them. But uh, the action on the field, let's talk about that. Well, first thing is, it's nice that they gave us some decent Wi-Fi, and they did it, of course, when they have an ACC team coming, so good for them. Um, you know, this was not a game that Old Dominion was going to win the way Carolina came in there. You know, Power 5 schools just have more talent than mid-major schools. And, you know, as we both noted last week, Carolina was 0-2, and they were pretty desperate to win, and it showed. I mean, for the very first place, they let Old Dominion know they were the aggressor. There was uh, nothing dirty, nothing that should have warranted a penalty flags, but they, they were shoving, they were pushing, they were jostling. Uh, you know, I remember the, the pro kid, the wide receiver from uh, UNC, he got in a shoving match with an Old Dominion player, and he shoved him, and the Old Dominion fans are yelling at him, and he sort of waves at him. You know, so <laughs> they just, they just, this is not a game they were going to win. Now, the thing is, um, you know, they've, you know, they, after this week, after mm -hmm. Virginia Tech, they're starting conference USA play, and they're back right. at their level. But when you play an ACC team, they've, they've got to be a little flat, and, they weren't. What were, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, pretty much what you said, Harry. Uh, UNC came in with, uh, really, as Bobby Wilder said, let's call it what it is, a must-win game. I mean, they couldn't afford another loss uh, heading into their game against Duke. Uh, forget about trap games. They weren't going to overlook ODU. They were very focused. They were very sharp. Yeah. It was really a business trip, to use a cliche for the Tar Heels. They took care of business early. Uh, there, there was never a doubt after I, you know, the first quarter. I think it was only 11 nothing, but still there was not a sense you of just, you. Yeah, they didn't have a first down. Right. You knew they <laughs> yeah. were in trouble. And yeah. they just kept pouring it on. Um, so, you know, Carolina did what they had to do. We'll see how they go uh, the rest of the ACC season. And as you said, ODU got to get through this week. We'll get to that later, but uh, then they get to Conference USA. But Larry Fedora, you have to give the Carolina coach credit. He did call off the dogs in the second half. He slowed down his offense. He, he inserted his subs. Uh, I think there was good sportsmanship on both sides. You know, I, I, you know it's, it's great for Old Dominion. They were able to host North Carolina. The mm -hmm. 
the stadium did eventually sell out. Yes. Uh, and there was other potential good news for ODU. I think it was good news, and that yeah. is they have a quarterback now, Stephen Williams Jr. Yeah. Wilder, Bobby Wilder pulled a red shirt off of him. I think it was the right move. He's obviously their most talented quarterback. You've seen him in practice more than I have. What are your thoughts yeah. on Stephen Williams? I mean, that was the biggest development of the game, if not the season, to this point. Yes. Uh, Stephen Williams, Stevie, uh, as Bobby likes to call him, uh, 17 years old, won't be 18 until November 4th, I think it is. Really should still be in high school. A lot of kids these days are 18 and 19 in high school. Uh, but yeah. He won't be able to drink until he's a senior. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, he, uh, he's been good in practice. Obviously, they wanted to redshirt him. You want to redshirt yeah. a guy that young, mm -hmm. develop him. They were waiting for uh, Blake LaRussa or Jordan Hoy to sort of seize the job. Uh, neither one of them did that. Uh, as Bobby said, Bobby was very uh, expansive about this this week and after the game even. Uh, they didn't have an identity as an offense. Uh, when Steve got in there, the, the energy picked up. The, the, the line blocked better. <laughs> yeah, which was amazing. Yeah. He actually had a few seconds yeah. to, uh, to, to yeah. you know, the sideline. The sideline side came alive. He threw some deep balls. He's a tall kid. He's 6'3", 6'4", whatever you want to call him. He's on the slender side. He's got a really big arm. I think probably the biggest arm of any ODU quarterback uh, that they've had to this point. Uh, throws a really nice deep ball, can run, can roll the pocket. He's very poised. Uh, he's really, and he, the biggest thing, as Bobby Wilder said again, he's got that it factor that you want from a quarterback, just leadership, presence. He's got that and more. So, uh, you know, they had to make a change, uh, and they did. I, th I think personally, you, if you were there for the second half, and most of you weren't, most of you left at halftime, you saw the quarterback, uh, ODU's quarterback for the next three and a half years. The guy is, is superbly talented. Um, I agree with you. I think physically he has uh, the, the most talent, the most skills of any quarterback who's played at ODU, and that, and mm -hmm. that includes Taylor Heineke. He's, um, he's just uh, – and talk about charisma and um, maturity. And I'm talking – after the game, I'm listening to him being interviewed by Rick Kiefner, and he walks over to me, and I said, hey, I'm Harry. And before I can get the out, he says, I know who you are. Yeah. Everybody he says, knows Harry. Yeah. <laughs> But you know most of the players don't, and yeah. he, you know, but he's, you know, he's in tune enough with things, and he said it's mm -hmm. a pleasure to meet you. And I'm thinking this is a 17 year old kid, yeah, who had the, um, you know, maturity to act like that when he's, yeah, I, I very, certainly very did. poised. I mean, went in there, and Bobby Wilder said he's uh, changing the fronts, he's changing protections, he's lining receivers up. He didn't make any technical mistakes from yeah. a from a uh, execution standpoint, uh, just from a from a, you know, not knowing what he's doing. So. They're not going to dumb the playbook down for him. They're going to see what he likes to do, and they're going to go with that. So it's not like they've got to start from scratch. And it is, in many ways, kind of a kind of a start for for the program and for the uh, for the rest of the season. He has a lot of explosiveness running the ball too. It'll be interesting to to see how he does against Tech. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that he will not play a wonderfully great game against Virginia yeah. Tech because Bud Foster's defense is just so good. But this yeah. will be a great experience for him. Yeah, my advice to him: don't. <laughs> Don't run a lot against the Hokies. Uh, they've got some uh, headhunters back there in the uh, secondary and at linebacker. It's, they're the, they're, it's easily the best defense, the best team ODU's ever faced. Not even close. Yes, I agree. Now, there was some injury news for ODU this weekend. More bad news. Um, tell yeah. us about Ray Lowry. Yeah, Ray Lowry, uh, it appeared maybe he 
you know, if, going back to the UMass game, he, he was a game-time decision. He warmed up, looked pretty good to me from the press box. Uh, they said, no, he's not 100%. We're going to scratch him. Uh, hadn't seen him at practice really at all last week. And come to find out he had an MRI uh, that, they, uh, that showed he has a hamstring tear. So Ray is likely, likely done for the year. Yeah. Uh, going to apply for a medical redshirt. So that's the good news for 2018. You'll have Ray Lowry, Jonathan Duhart back, uh, sophomore quarterback. Uh, but we've got to get through 2017 with the, with the team they have. Uh, Chad Hendricks uh, also still out. And Melvin Vaughn, uh, each of them with knee issues. Uh, Wilder's hoping to get them back for the Florida Atlantic game in two weeks. Yeah, and that's that's when the, really the season begins anew for them because that's their first Conference USA game. Exactly. That's their break, and we'll take a break right here to hear from our uh, sponsors, Lions Bridge Financial Advisors. You embody dedication, sacrifice, and commitment. You are an elite athlete. You know the difference superior coaching makes. Lions Bridge Financial Advisors is here to be your financial coach. We'll help you pack for your athletic journey by gathering a complete picture of where you are and where you want to go and by working with other trusted professionals on your behalf. And we're back. Harry, this week, uh, we got a fairly big game. Yeah. Blacksburg, a place you've been a few times over the years. I covered Tech. Uh, I was, as a matter of fact, I was there in the Bill Dooley days uh, when they won the Peach Bowl his final year after he got fired and they got put on NCAA probation for a long time. I was there when Frank Beamer was there early on and nearly got fired. It's, uh, it was a very different place then. But this is, this, is, um, this is the best team Old Dominion has ever played. And this is a game that they're not likely to win. I mean, for Old Dominion to beat, for any mid-major team to beat the 13th ranked team in the country, that would be an amazing upset that, you know, it just doesn't happen very often. Um, the thing for Old Dominion is they need to they need to play as well as they can. They need to show a little more consistency, play with more poise, don't make as many mistakes as they did at UNC, and get out of this game without any major injuries. Um, they, they host Florida. They have an open week next week, and then they host Florida Atlantic the following week. That's the beginning of the real season for them. They have eight Conference USA games, and from what we've seen of the Conference USA East so far, they've got as good a chance to to win the Conference USA East as anyone. Yeah. Um, Ed, your Conference USA power rings are out this week. They are. Who's number one? Uh, fresh off the presses, uh, as they say. Actually, it's all online, but yes. you can see it at OUBlitz.com. Uh, we don't have a number one. <laughs> thought I would do something different this week. Uh, I covered Virginia last year in Bronco Mendenhall, uh, eccentric guy that he is in a, in a couple of ways, said we have an earned, not given, Mentality. So yeah. just because you're on the team doesn't mean you get a jersey number. Just because you are uh, on the team doesn't mean you get the practice. You have to earn all those things. So we thought, all right, let's make someone earn the number one ranking. Not that they care in the least, I'm sure. But so we got co-number twos. Yeah. And that would be uh, Louisiana Tech and UTSA, both in the Western yeah, uh, and, and the power seems yeah. to be in the West this year. Yeah, the West is on the rise a little bit. Uh, Southern Miss uh, got at number three. And our first Eastern Conference team is Western Kentucky, uh, who has been, a, you know, frankly, a little bit of a disappointment. One uh, and two. Yeah, yeah, one and two. Middle Tennessee, also one and two, but they played three Power Five schools back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. To back to back. They're beating up 
quarterback and their best receiver, uh, Rick Stocks, uh, Stockstill and uh, or Brent Stockstill. Brent Stockstill. Rick yeah. is his father, and Richie James are both possibly out this week, so they're beaten up uh, at one and two. Marshall slides in at six. We get, then we have ODU at seven. Uh, North- Marshall's Marshall's an interesting yeah. team. They yeah. could they could be good this season. They have uh, the, mm-hmm. the surprising rebound from last year's very disappointing season. Yeah, Marshall seems to be a team. You know, it's. Uh, on the rise a bit. They're, they're off this week. They get uh, Cincinnati the week after next. ODU again at seven. Uh, then we got North Texas, UAB. Got the Florida schools, FAU and FIU yeah. at 10 and 11. And we have Rice, UTEP, and the Charlotte 49ers. Again. Poor, poor Charlotte, yeah. having a tough year. UTEP is, I think they're, they're knocking on that basement door too. UTEP is, uh, UTEP's having some, some trouble. Yes, they to are. Put it, to put it mildly. Yeah. But they, uh, they just fired their offensive coordinator, uh, although they gave up 60-some points to Arizona. Uh, yeah. It was the offensive coordinator who got the ax. Uh, but, yeah, they, in El Paso, things are, things are not looking too good. Yeah, things look unsettled there. I, uh, Sean Kugler seems like a really nice guy, a good guy, but he's in a lot of trouble there. Yes, we've got some games coming up this week across uh, good old CUSA. Harry, we've got uh, Louisiana Tech, who's number two in the poll. Yeah, uh, at South Carolina. Uh, Skip Holtz coached for six seasons in South Carolina, but if he thinks that's going to make things easier on him, they want. I think the, the Gamecocks will win pretty easily in this game. But who knows? Um, yeah. you know. Lou Holtz, of course, was a South Carolina coach as well. That's, uh, I'm that's, sure that's why Skip was there. At the that's time. yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got uh, one of my favorite games: Georgia State at Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, someone's got to win. That's yeah. the someone's got to win game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Charlotte, you know, they had their, their, I believe it's the second sellout they've ever had. The, the first sellout was their very first game. They hosted North Carolina A&T and uh, a late drive. They couldn't get it done. They lost. Um, you know, this is maybe the last winnable game on their schedule. Yeah, that's, when you're saying that in September, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a good Yeah, game. It's, it's tough. Brad Lambert's a, a good guy. He's mm-hmm. had a difficult job there. They you know, they built their program from scratch for FBS. They played right. two years as, a, you know, a, a, a basically a no-man's land and then moved right in FBS, and that's a hard thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, UAB at North Texas, uh, you know, UAB has been a pleasant surprise. I mean, they're 2-1, and one, the return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they're beat, drawing fans. They beat, Coast, they beat Coastal Carolina last week. They had 25,000 mm-hmm. at the game, so yeah. they have... Drawn, if my math is correct, seventy thousand in two games, which is an astronomical number for Conference Absolutely. USA. Yeah, yeah. that's got to be the top in the conference, I would yeah. imagine. Uh, FIU at Rice. I think you had a good name for this one. The Hurricane Bowl. Right. You know, both teams were displaced by hurricanes, and um, you know this is Rice's first home game, and they've been playing since late August yeah. when they opened the season in Australia. You know it'd be good for them to get home. Yeah, you got a feel for Rice. They went to Australia. They couldn't get back. They, you know, they, they've just had a tough time of it. Yeah. Um, so has uh, FAU, for that matter. Their game last week was canceled against Indiana. They played their other game in Birmingham. So they've been kind of without a, without a home uh, also. Uh, and they're at Buffalo this week. And <clears throat> yeah, and FAU may, at Buffalo, yeah. And that may be a must win for them if they're going to go to a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, we've got Bowling Green at middle, and as we had mentioned, uh, Brett's, Brent Stock still seems to have a shoulder. It was a, a sternum injury. It sounded bad. Crack it was sternum. Crack yeah. sternum. That sounds yeah. very painful. Yeah, it does. Uh, so without him, we'll see what uh, middle can do. Ball State at Western. Uh, Western, talk about must wins. I mean, yeah. 
maybe. Yeah. It's not a conference game. But a loss would drop them to one and three, and, and that that you know that puts them in a bad position. I mean, they could still go to a bowl if they won five of their conference yeah. USA games. But this is, you know, I I always thought Western Kentucky was a little overrated, you know, because they lost a lot of good players from last season. They lost their head coach and much of their coaching staff. It's a tough transition to a new coach. And you've got a lot of new starters coming in, and they've had a tough schedule. Absolutely, uh, and we got UTSA at Texas State. Uh, teams fairly close in Texas, about an hour apart. 45, 45 miles apart. Um, it's a budding rivalry. Texas State, a Sun Belt Conference team, which has often been mentioned as a an expansion candidate for Conference USA. It's a big school. It's in the Austin TV market. Uh, Texas State lost by a touchdown to Appalachian State, which has a good program. So this is a big test for UTSA. And uh, we got uh, UTEP, who we were talking about a little earlier, at New Mexico State, which is really a close game for them. That's a rivalry game. Yeah. If you've ever been to UTEP, there's really not much close to El Paso. It's, it's way out west. New Mexico right. State is their rival. Uh, Sean Kugler has done well against them, but that could change. Yeah, he's 4-0 against New Mexico State. This is the 95th game these teams have played, wow. which is pretty amazing. But um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this this will be a tough game for them yeah. to win. And, and speaking of, you were talking about uh, Texas State being an expansion candidate. Uh, speaking of expansion candidates who were not uh, considered, uh, Liberty University has yeah. been in the news quite a bit. With their they're throwing their money around, but they're not getting a lot of uh, a lot of love from uh, no, other conferences. They're not. And we didn't talk about this the last couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, after I'd gone to Lynchburg, I didn't know they had been they had offered, but they. They offered Conference USA $24 million, you know, for us to join the league. Now, that's just $22 million, $22 million more than the typical entry fee is. That's a lot of money. And it, the offer came at the same time Conference USA um, learned that its TV revenue was dropping from $1.1 million per school to $200,000 per school. So it was a, you know, they, Conference USA presidents, uh, looked at it and said Liberty's just too different from the rest of our schools to to take in. I personally, I think it was a mistake. I know Liberty. There's there's a lot of controversy about Liberty. They've got a controversial chancellor. Um, you know, it's a very Christian evangelical school, but you know they weren't asking for an academic or a political alliance. They were just asking to to play athletics and you know as um, just as you know Rice and Marshall have very little in common. You know. Um, but they they're able to play football. I think I think Conference USA should have said yes, and I think they should have said yes to JMU a long time ago too. JMU was very interested in in in, in joining Conference USA, and the Texas schools and Marshall all said no. So anyway, if you want to see the stories uh, we wrote about Liberty, go to odublitz.com or all of our coverage on ODU is absolutely that's the place to go. Um, and what, do you, what do you say about this? Uh, we got to get to Saturday's game. We'll we'll both be there. Uh, it's a two o'clock uh, kickoff, so it's on uh, ESPN three. Yeah, so if you want to go up and back, you could do it from Hampton Roads. Uh, it's backbreaking to yeah, do it it's, though. It's, it's if you have a couple drivers, it, you know, it's it's doable. But yeah. uh, how do you see uh, how do you see the game? Uh, I you know I think Tech will be looking ahead a little to their ACC showdown with Clemson next week. That's the game of the week in college football. So you know obviously they're going to be looking ahead a little bit. I, I don't think that there's. There's no animosity between these coaches, coaching staffs. They have a lot of respect for each other. I don't think Tech will run out the school. On the other hand, I think Tech is just way too talented for ODU. My pick is Tech 41, ODU 13. How do you see it? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm in that same ballpark. I uh, hadn't thought about a score, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was around there. I don't think, uh, as you said, the tech will, will need to run it up. Um, ODU's got to have a lot of things go well. They need turnovers. They need their defense to get after uh, Josh Jackson. They need to stop the running game. They need Stevie Williams in his first start to go down there and throw for 300 yards. So that's a lot to ask of, uh, of ODU. Yeah. So, yeah, I think somewhere in that ballpark, uh, 20, 25, 26-point spread is probably what we're looking at. ODU's, again, as we talked about, they've got to get out of there uh, in one piece. They yeah. can't afford any more injuries. And they, and they need to play fairly well. Yeah. They need to have some success so they have some self-confidence going into the FAU game. Yes, as Bobby Walters said, we got to get a first down. Uh, they didn't get a yeah. first down in the first quarter. A little success early, and they can take some things away from this game even if they don't win. I'm sure that's what they're, they're trying to do. Obviously, they're trying to win uh, every game, but I think there's some things they can get and grow from, particularly with a quarterback who's uh, 17 years old. The one thing about this game is it's a great game for ODU. It's, you know, you've seen in the Richmond Times-Dispatch and other newspapers Roanoke around the state a lot of stories on ODU that yeah. you usually don't see. And this is not going to be the last time they play Tech. They play 13 times over the next 16 years. It's a great series because ODU is getting six of those games in Norfolk. That is unheard of in Conference USA for someone to have you know, such a home-and-home -home series mm -hmm. with a Power 5 school. So although this weekend is not likely to, you know, it's not going to be probably a great weekend for ODU fans. There are going to be about 3,500 of them in Blacksburg, maybe 4,000. That will be the largest visiting contingent Tech's had in years. This is a good game for ODU. Yeah, I think absolutely. You're judged by the company you keep, and for them to have a series with Virginia Tech adds credibility for ODU uh, as a program in the state of Virginia. Um, you know, yeah. one of now four FBS programs, if you count Liberty, which is moving up. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a win-win no matter how it goes on the field. Eventually, you know, they're going to want to win a couple of these games. But uh, Oh, in 13 games, yeah. you who knows figure they're yeah. going to win one or two or three. Who knows? Yeah, who can say in 10 years or 12 years yeah. if, or what, 2031 is even longer than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be like 81 or 82 <laughs> years old. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but speaking of keeping good company, uh, for Harry Minium, this is Ed Miller. I hope you've enjoyed the, uh, our latest ODUBlitz.com football show presented by our sponsors, Lions Bridge Financial Advisors, providing investing and planning for clients throughout Hampton Roads. Uh, comments, criticisms, if you want to send us a telegram, a letter, anything, we'll, we'll take it. And uh, for the best coverage available of ODU, go to ODUBlitz.com. We'll see you again next week, same time, same place.